Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Katherine Morehouse. Earlier this year, the Biden administration announced a deal to conserve nearly a billion gallons of water from the Colorado River through Inflation Reduction Act funding. States had been at odds for months over who should bear the brunt of delivery cuts that were needed to head off just a massive disaster that could have cut off Arizona, Nevada, and California from the river. This deal was supposed to stabilize water levels and give the states time to craft a broader, long-term deal to bring water use in line with the new, lower flows brought by climate change. That's Politico's Annie Snyder, and she did a deep dive into the agreement. What she found is a bit surprising. Essentially, under this deal, the Biden administration is paying some powerful farms and tribes a premium to save water that in many cases they would have conserved anyway over the next few years. The upshot of that is that we're driving up the cost of any future deal to save the river over the long term. Today, Annie and I chat about how the IRA might be making Colorado River conservation more costly. It's Tuesday, November 21st. So I think we have to go back to this time a year ago, fall 2022, to understand what happened here. This was an incredibly dire moment along the Colorado River, which is, of course, a waterway that supplies 40 million people across the West and large swaths of the country's most productive agricultural land. And this time last year, it looked like we could be heading towards an unprecedented crisis. The river has been in two decades of mega drought, and water levels at the river's two main reservoirs were falling fast towards the point where water managers thought we could be within like a year and a half of not being able to get water out of one of the reservoirs to supply the states of Arizona, Nevada, and California. And so we had a fall and winter of just really wild pressure cooker negotiations between the states and the federal government trying to figure out how to share the burden of the water delivery cuts that would be needed to head off that disaster. The Biden administration took a much more aggressive stance on this than prior administrations had. And finally, last May, we got a deal. We had the states of Arizona, Nevada, and California come forward with a commitment to conserve 3 million acre feet of water between now and 2026 to try and head off that disaster. At the time, this was hailed as a real breakthrough. And to be sure, this is the largest amount of water that anyone has agreed to conserve along the Colorado River ever. But it is also important to know that two really big things happened to make it possible. First of all, last winter was unusually wet, and that extra water relieved a lot of pressure on water users. Both it gave them a little bit of extra water to work with in negotiating a deal, and it also lowered the bar for how much water needed to be conserved in order to head off this disaster. And the second thing that happened is that we had a $4 billion pot of money available for compensating this conservation. So for compensating water users that agreed to not use water that they otherwise would have used. That's $4 billion from Democrats' signature climate law, the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, so it sounds like this was a very historic and big step for the Biden administration to take. And you've now analyzed this deal pretty thoroughly, but are reporting that it might actually make things more expensive. Could you explain why that is? 
Yeah, so when this deal was announced last May, it was announced with very little detail about where the water was actually going to be coming from. By this fall, we had had sort of a trickle of information, a handful of announcements for the federal government about contracts for conservation. And I decided that I really needed to figure out who is actually doing the conserving that makes up this 3 million acre feet, where's the water coming from, and how much are they getting paid for it? Pretty quickly within my reporting, I figured out that many of the most important components of this agreement, that is the the contracts for among major water users to conserve water, were actually built on pre-existing conservation agreements. Some of these were deals that had existed between agricultural districts or tribes and cities in which the farms and tribes would conserve water and that water would get transferred to the cities and the cities would compensate them for it. And some of these were deals that had been done under prior drought deals among the states, these sort of like less ambitious efforts to try and head off disaster. And in those, there was compensation for water users who were foregoing use of water either through agriculture or in Arizona. A lot of times it's cities that are banking water underground. They're agreeing not to do that and they are getting compensated for that. The key thing here was that on many of these pre-existing deals, the going rate for water had been around $260, $270 per acre foot. This was true of the deals for among farmers and cities, and this was true among the deals to conserve water and try and keep water in the reservoirs. The going rate at this point was around $265, $270 per acre foot. The federal government, however, is offering up to $400 per acre foot if you agree to conserve water over a three-year period. And in one instance, it's offering roughly twice of that, I'm told. And so we're looking at a significantly higher price point that the Biden administration is offering for water that was already being conserved using basically the same practices on the ground that we're talking about now, either not banking water for future use or irrigating more efficiently or following fields. The same types of practices are happening, except that they are being compensated at roughly 50% increase from what they were before. And so thinking ahead, how does this deal from the Biden administration and all the kind of expensive pieces that you just laid out, how does that impact the longer term efforts to save the Colorado River after federal money stops flowing in 2026? So I think it affects that in two ways. So it's very hard to go from a moment where farms and tribes and other water users are getting compensated the sort of premium price of $400 per acre foot and go back down to the lower prior price point. And then the other way that I think this sort of impacts the long term is, remember I said this money for the short-term deal came out of a pot of money within the IRA for drought mitigation. That's a $4 billion pot. And so the Biden administration has been pretty clear that it wanted to reserve the majority of that money for longer-term conservation projects. So instead of paying water users to forego use of water for just one year, they want to invest it in like infrastructure projects, things like maybe a reservoir closer by to capture rainwater or these irrigation upgrades to make irrigation more efficient, the kinds of things that would lock in water conservation over the long term. And so every dollar that's being spent on these sort of one-off forego use of water for one-year deals is a dollar that can't be spent on those long-term deals that are going to get us the long-term water savings that will ultimately bring water use along the Colorado River in line with these reduced flows that we're seeing now. 
Also, a new report from the United Nations out Monday says that Earth is on track for three degrees Celsius of warming. That means countries need to make deep cuts to their emissions in the next decade in order to limit warming to two degrees Celsius under the Paris Climate Agreement. The findings come amid record-setting global temperatures and as the amount of planet-warming pollution in the atmosphere reaches new heights. It also highlights the importance of the upcoming United Nations Climate Change Conference, which begins later this month in Dubai. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.